Hi there, my name is Pete. This is Social Distancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the other day, last episode, I ended with this anti-animated duck rante, an anti-rante, and I said that Donald Duck, what a prick. That Mickey Mouse. Oh, I quite like Mickey Mouse. He's not a duck, is he? No, it's a mouse. The uh, what's the other one? Daffy. Jeez. Don't get me started. And then Count Duckula. Oh, rubbish. I said, there is no good animated duck. And guess who got in contact? I Like, this is absolutely true, right? Lit- this is the way that it works, of course. And obviously, most of the time, it doesn't work like this. But sometimes it does. I genuinely thought, I wonder what's happened to Malcolm... Um, on Wednesday when I was recording the show not based on anything right Malcolm Normal is this listener who's contacted the show a couple of times you I mean most people know this but if you're a new listener you might wonder who the hell is Malcolm well that is who Malcolm is right and I thought I haven't heard from Malcolm for ages I also thought I haven't heard from Poor Choice for ages but Poor Choice uh, poor, poor Choice yeah but I don't really I think Porteous is in another kind of dimensional realm at the moment, you know. So, um, but anyway, Malcolm Normal, uh, he got in contact and he said, what about Sarah and Duck? (laughs) And he's absolutely right. Sarah and Duck, the duck from Sarah and Duck is probably, well, no, let's just say definitely, Definitively, the best animated duck in the history of animation. If you think I'm, you know, wrong on this, then by all means, do what Malcolm Normal did and email the show, socialdistancerpodcast at gmail.com. Sarah and Duck. Sarah and Duck. Sarah and Duck. Sarah and Duck. There we are. There's Sarah and Duck. So, uh, yeah, it's a good show, that. Check it out. Check it out. (laughs) In the Independence Age briefing uh, today, Professor Pargel was talking about the effect that masks and closing schools have in getting the infection rates down uh, across uh, parts of Europe that have done this. So she looked at um, Chechnya. Is it Chechnya or Chech? She was saying Czechia. I don't know how you pronounce it, but she was saying Czechia. So let's say, let's go with Czechia. And also um, Belgium as well. Belgium, uh, where they have closed schools. And in France... They, the schools are open, but it's mandatory for masks to be worn. And you check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Uh, but you can see very clearly that it works. You can see that where they close schools, they have seen really steep decreases that have been sustained for several weeks. France um, hasn't closed schools, but it does have mandatory masks, um, mask wearing by all pupils. That they are now starting to see um, bigger decreases in cases. 
So it's, you know, it makes a difference. Obviously, if you close schools, you're going to get the infection rate down quicker. Everyone knows that. Uh, but there's a balance, of course, to be made uh, by, you know, the social implications of making schools, uh, of closing schools. And, you know, that's for governments to make. But as individuals, we need to kind of take care of ourselves and take care of our families. And, um, you know, it's interesting, Laurie Garrett, who I played the other day, um, a little snippet of her warning about like the explosion of COVID throughout the States. She was saying that on the Biden uh, COVID team, she was slightly perturbed there weren't, there weren't enough um, public health people. She was saying there were more um, doctors than public health people in it. And so and she was saying the difference is uh, if you're a doctor, you've got your um, loyalty to your patient, to the individual, if you like. If you're a public health person, then you're uh, looking at the overview. You know, you're looking at the big story of where this is going and how to balance all of the different things that need balancing, you know. And um, it's quite interesting you say that because if you talk to a doctor, you know, Having had contact with schools and working in schools, you get caught up in the world of the idea that nobody's wearing masks and that schools are open even, you know? And of course there's arguments, like very strong arguments, that schools should be open. But I don't really think there is any argument that masks shouldn't be mandated. I mean, there is that tiny argument to be made of, you know, people that can't hear very well might find it difficult and then there's the other argument that it might be intimidating but also you know working uh, having people off sick and uh, you know you yourself uh, being off because someone that you know has got COVID-19 that's intimidating as well you know so you can make you know necessary adjustments for the small number of students that actually need it and the vast majority of students can just happily wear a mask they all have fucking masks in their pocket but only when you step out of it do you realize the true kind of extent of the horror show that's being played out in school school after school after school you know the majority of schools have had cases they've only been open for like a couple of months we're just coming into the winter now do you know it's not the winter yet do you know what i mean so it's just going to get worse of obviously now it is, you know, going down a little bit in some areas, but the, the infection rate across the country, but that's because of, you know, tier three seem to have had some little bit of an impact and that's feeding into uh, the northeast and fucking, you know, Yorkshire, you know, but everywhere else the infection rate is still coming up. We need it to go down next week or we've got a big problem on our hands. And if you talk to a doctor, they're like, yeah, the schools should be closed. And if the schools aren't going to be closed, then everybody needs to wear a mask. And the public health aspect of this is all of the, and of course the government's thing is, you know, balance, balance, lives and livelihoods. That's nice, isn't it? But, you know, the, this isn't the same as the first lockdown. Anecdotally, but also we, we know that... Uh, there was a big spike. That 33,000 
everyone just went out on a bit, well, not everyone, but loads of people went out on a big fucking knees up. And then, like, you know, a couple of days before lockdown came in, or the night before, whatever, and then fucking a couple of days later, 33,000 confirmed cases. Incredible. So it's not, it's still not going down, yeah? The lockdown started 15 days ago, 15 days, and still cases are rising. So, you know, cases are still going to rise if people don't make the most of this time. And of course, at the same time, Test and Trace is still a fucking joke. They are not making the most of the opportunity of lockdown. No surprise at all. You know, old Boris Johnson goes from one crisis to another. Like, you know, is not even addressing COVID, you know. <laughs> so it's a wasted opportunity. And the idea that, you know, it's worth loosening it at all, you know, let alone for Christmas, like really loosening things for Christmas. Fuck that. Like, we need to get our shit together on this, like in a big way, you know? Black Beauty, you're a host called Black Beauty. You're a host, and your name is Black Beauty. Black Beauty. Trump is now trying to strong arm the Republicans in Michigan who are responsible for putting through the Electoral College votes that, you know, Biden won Michigan. But Trump is trying to get them to vote for him, unbelievably, which is obviously unprecedented and a load of old bollocks. But here's a report on it. It's come to this. President Trump is now trying to use the powers of the presidency to take the election away from voters in key states and get his Republican allies to decide it instead. He's beckoned top Republican lawmakers from Michigan to the White House for a meeting later today. The invitation comes as the president's legal team openly pursues an astounding new strategy, convincing several Republican-controlled state legislatures to ignore the voters in their states and instead choose electors who would vote for Trump when the Electoral College meets in December to finalize the election. This is an outlandish last resort for the Trump campaign as it suffers defeat after defeat. Overnight, Georgia announced the results of its recount, reaffirming that Joe Biden won, flipping the state red to blue. And in courtrooms across the country, at least 16 of the president's lawsuits have now hit a wall. Good afternoon. In the hot seat, Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal attorney, he sweated through a 90-minute presser packed with baseless and bizarre conspiracy theories. Members of Trump's own party panned the team's tactics. Senator Ben Sass urged Americans to focus on what they say under oath, observing that before the courts, the president's lawyers have repeatedly refused to actually allege grand fraud because there are legal consequences for lying to judges. There we go. And Giuliani, as you probably saw, because everyone's seen it, his um, hair dye was... <laughs> running running down his face <laughs> his hair dye and that reminds me i have never uh mentioned 
the Four Seasons Total Landscaping debacle. And I'm really late, you know, it's fucking late news now. But of course, of obviously, I have to say, you know, talk about the wheels coming off. This is, they, they are in panic mode and they really don't know what they're doing. At the moment, Trump is doing a press conference about how he's lowering prescription um, drugs, the, the cost of prescription drugs. The guy is a fruit loop. So he's throwing everything at the wall, but nothing is sticking. And I don't really think there's much of a, um, you know, problem with this. Um, you know, this electoral college uh, fast thing that he's trying to do. Even if he, even if in this like bizarre alternate world, the people from Michigan like say, "Oh no, actually, we're going to vote for Trump." <laughs> like, I mean, that would set off some major ramifications. But even if they did that, like, what's his name's won by three hundred and six? You know what I mean? He can afford to, you know, for that to happen from an electoral college point of view. But of course, it's not ever going to happen. So it is slightly odd and very worrying. And thank fuck we're not in the United States. And also, apart from the third of the audience that are in the United States, uh, but also, you know, this comes at the worst time. 250,000 plus deaths now from COVID-19 in the United States. Like since, well, when was the first death? Uh, March? Maybe February? So, I mean, it's just, you know, absolutely appalling. The guy is, uh, you know... He is going to leave. There's no question about that. There's a clear, um, you know, like series of laws and rules in place. It's not just like norms. He couldn't give a fuck about norms, but there were laws in place, you know, and it wasn't a close election. And Biden is now knocking on the door of eight of 80 million votes, far more than any other candidate in the history of the country 80 million votes that's what they're projecting him to get now and he's very closely got it you know uh 80 million votes 155 million people voted um altogether and biden got 80 million of them so you know it's only a matter of time before he is the president Thank you very much. <laughs> I run to the shop, bump into everyone. Say, have you heard? Have you heard the news? There is a podcast called Social Distancer. Share it, like it, astound your friends. Everything you want to hear about. The greatest public health emergency in any of our lives. Four times a week, and it is free. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and an omnibus on Sundays. Fucking great, I swear. So, there's big political news today, dominated by Pretty Patel, the Home Secretary, who was found to be in breach of the Ministerial Code of Conduct for bullying. It's an investigation that's been going on for eight months and uh, Boris Johnson has had the findings on his desk for two weeks and it was leaked last night. The findings are that she did breach the um, Ministerial Code. Uh, Ordinarily, 
with a government of, you know, responsible leaders, uh, she would have lost her job, you know. The uh, Prime Minister would have asked her to resign or would have sacked her. Well, she would have asked her to resign and she would have resigned. And that doesn't happen, of course, these days because, you know, Boris Johnson models himself on Donald Trump. And so we are left with a fucking bullshit apology from Pretty Patel, who says the, the normal bullshit thing of I am sorry if anyone was offended... And and the guy that wrote the report resigned because he was just so sickened, fed up to the fucking back teeth of Sausage Johnson, like saying, oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's clear that she did breach it, but she stays. Yeah, fuck you. So he's off. And um, unfortunately for everyone, Pretty Patel is still in her job. She's a god-awful racist Home Secretary. Fucking, you know, where do you start with her? Um, and um, the, 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 to make matters worse, or, or just, to, just you know, to kind of seal it perfectly in its own little kind of snake-eating-itself way, Boris Johnson wrote a foreword for the Ministerial Code of Conduct in which he says, you know, specifically... Bullying will not be tolerated. <laughs> and he also says, and of course, no minister will engage in any, any corrupt practices. Well, it's not going too well, is it, boys? No. Anyway, um, so it's a big story in the UK. And it just like leaves a bit of taste in your mouth, basically, you know. Fucking unbelievable. Right, so let's see, what's going on today? Uh, Well, first of all, we need to, not first of all, last of all, we need to um, consider the grizzly. Consider the grizzly bear, please. Have it in your mind now. Um, You can have it with the the claws unsheathed. Or unsheathed, yes, unsheathed claws. Mouth open, um, teeth, you know, glowing, and eyes alight with a kind of hunger, you know, real hunger to rip our fucking legs off and our arms off. Oh, yeah, lovely. Great, big, strong grizzly. (laughs) Right, so grizzly bear coming out of the forest. What's he doing in the forest? Oh, no, look, look what he's done in the forest. He's made a little pie. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. It's the weekend, so next show is Sunday. Now, by the way, I also have to really apologise to the, uh, the, the, the folk song. That's well, not a fucking folk song. It's like the guitar version of the song. I did forget to... I, I, I fucked up the songs on Wednesday, right? The funny jolly one was put in there, and it was my mistake. And so I do apologise to the guitar version and to the fans of the guitar version. Uh, You know, you're going to have to listen to that on on um, Sunday. I did um and ah. I thought, well, maybe I put the guitar version in today, but you've got to get it right. You know, you just got to. It is important that you've got to kind of make your mistake once. Do you know what I mean? 
because you can't make your mistake twice, can you? No, it's very important that. Anyway, you've heard it now, so there you go. Right, have a lovely weekend. I hope within some of the weekend, maybe the whole thing, you get a, a moment of peace and quiet and, you know, sense of just kind of being present, even if it's fleeting in this kind of mad dash crazy world that we're living in at the moment Uh, take care of yourself please do all of the basic things it's really important and um, yeah take care thank you ever so much for listening next show is Sunday take care bye